Hey guys and girls, this is Will here with the We Know Fantasy Dynasty and Devi podcast. We've got Nick joining us tonight. A little bit slower now that we're in the off season for the NFL, um, but what we are going to have coming out for you, uh, if you guys want to keep checking the We Know Fantasy site, uh, Nate's still running through the fantasy, the NBA pickups there. Nick's got you covered with the NHL, the fantasy hockey waivers. Uh, I will be covering some bracketology with college basketball in full swing. Um, now that fantasy football is over with for the season, uh, I'll be switching gears more into college basketball in addition to this Dynasty podcast. Uh, and as always, each year, uh, you can look forward to some of our contributors going through some upcoming draft coverage, probably coming up with some NFL mock drafts um, that will be more geared toward the real NFL as opposed to fantasy because there will be plenty of fantasy mock drafts coming up on this show. So tonight... Nick and I are going to be bringing, with, bringing to you excuse me, um, a mock draft, first two rounds. We're each going to uh, be alternating picks here. Nick, what, uh, what settings did we agree on? Uh, we agreed on Superflex and tight end premium as our settings for this mock draft. Awesome. So you'll see uh, some of the players shift around a little bit based on those settings. It's not going to be uh, the standard rankings that you might see on, uh, on certain sites. So keep that in mind as we're going through our picks this evening. Um, and Nick, do you want to, uh, I'll flip a coin. Do you want to call it? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. yeah, we're going to, we're, we're doing this on the go, um, for the listeners, you know, none of this is prep. This is all on the go. So you're going to hear, uh, me bumble a little bit and maybe Will might bumble a little bit or fumble a little bit, but, um, you know, it, this is for the listeners and for them to get a, a real grasp of what it's like to have to think on your toes during a draft. Absolutely. So you got the coin or you want me to get a coin? Uh, I, I got it right here. All right. I'm going to go tails never fails, Will. And it is. Uh, so I'll, I'll go first, and uh, and then we'll just alternate back and forth, yeah? Okay, cool. Let's do okay. it. All right, so. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, You know what I mean? That's why I was kind of upset that I didn't get the one, because I wanted to get my first share, so to speak, of Lawrence. But at two, uh, being, the, being as though it's a super flex, I'm going to go with Justin Fields, quarterback of Ohio State. Um, you know, he didn't look great in the championship game, but he did look good against Clemson. And it being super flex, I do think Fields has um, some value moving forward, especially depending on the landing spot. Yeah, I like it. That, that super flex just it makes quarterbacks so much more valuable. Uh, so number three, I am going to go with Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU, who actually has sat out this year. Um, but uh, I, I've still got him as my wide receiver one, despite all of the recent events. Yeah, I mean, again, another guy, no argument. But I'm going to go with the, the famous counterpart here. He's actually my wide receiver one in this draft, and I would take him at the 103 in the Superflex, and that's Devonta Smith. Uh, just love what he's done. Um, you know, winning the Heisman kind of just cemented what he's done this season. Uh, many argue if Chase had played that that may not have been, but it remains to be seen uh, in the NFL and, and where their landing spots go and how they do in their first season. Yeah, let me ask you, uh, have you had a chance to think at all about uh, where do you think Devontae Smith is going to land in the NFL? Honestly, um, I've been saying, you know, I, I'm always looking at mock drafts, different ones, different, um, you know, ideas of, of what writers may have. I've actually seen him with a landing spot of the Philadelphia Eagles in quite a few. Um, that being my home team, I would love to see it. Um, they need another weapon. I know they need a corner, you know, they need some D-back help as well, but I think this is that kind of player that he's a game changer for you. And if they're moving forward with Wentz, they need another weapon for him. So, yeah. um, you know, I've also seen him landed in places like uh, 
Baltimore. Um, that's not sexy at all for Devonta Smith. I think that that yeah. lowers his value. You know what I mean? So that's something, you know, with these mocks, they're a mock right now after the, the real NFL draft. You know, this is obviously going to change. Uh, I'll look forward to us doing another one or two after the draft, you know, super flex and, and regular one QB after that to see how much really changes. But I want to see him with a decent quarterback and a decent, decent offense. Yeah, it's uh, with that offense, it, it feels like they're going to run it as much as they can uh, and pass it when they have to. So, like like you said, definitely would lower the ceiling. I The reason I ask, I've seen a few um, kind of outlandish predictions going super early to the Dol- or yeah, the Miami Dolphins paired up with Tua again. Just, I, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that for him. Um, I think that's another good landing spot for him. Uh, I just... I feel NFL draft wise, uh, I feel like Chase goes ahead of Devontae Smith. Uh, I think my personal view, I in fantasy, I'm going Smith. That's just, you know, my take. But a lot, almost every mock I've seen has Jamar Chase as the first wide receiver off the board. And a couple of them had him to the Dolphins, but I have seen some with Devontae Smith to the um, Dolphins as well. All right. So, first four picks are out of the way. We've got the first two QBs, the first two wide receivers. I'm going to move forward, uh, take our first running back, and I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. And the reason I'm, I'm going Etienne over some of his counterparts is, uh, well, I think he is a little bit more inconsistent on a run-to-run basis. For me, he's one of those guys that, uh, at the end of the day, you're always going to look at his stats, and you know he's going to have put up a really, really solid day. Um, and you're going to hear some detractors saying, well, if you take out that, you know, 40 yard touchdown run or 60 yard touchdown run. And really my, my response to that is, but that still counts. And he's one of those guys that is a threat to t- hit those plays every single week. So, uh, I want that upside on my lineup. Yeah, he's definitely electric. Um, I don't think there's any doubt on that. Um, this is another running back draft there, you know, for me there, there's not a one and a two, it's more of a one, a one B. And for me, it's ATN is the one, a um Najee Harris is the 1B and Najee Harris is going to be the 106 in this mock draft for me uh running back out of Alabama I just think them two were like I said 1A 1B you can flip-flop back and forth the thing that worries worries me about Harris is his age I think he'll be entering the NFL at 23 years old if I'm not mistaken um you know in a dynasty it's kind of a little worrisome if you're only going to get like three four years I'm already talking he's 27 years old so Just something to think about uh, if you are drafting Najee Harris. Um, I do like him. I think he could be highly productive. A lot of mock drafts have him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I think is an absolute smash landing spot for Najee Harris. Yeah. Yeah, especially, uh, <coughs> you know, they're going to be a little bit worried about Ben Roethlisberger moving forward as he keeps getting up there in age. So I, I do see that team shifting a little more run heavy as things move forward. Okay, so there is pick six was Najee Harris. Uh, with pick seven, I am actually going to bank on this tight end premium and take our first tight end, uh, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. Hands down, the best tight end prospect in this class. One of the best tight end prospects we are probably going to have seen in the last decade. I just think he's essentially landing spot proof. Frankly, is one of the most likely people to move into that Travis Kelsey, George Kittle tier moving forward yeah uh no arguments there like you said tight end premium i think even not tight end premium in a regular super flex um he's still going to get that kind of you know draft capital in a, in a fantasy league maybe not seven but possibly eight or nine to be honest with you um i think he's that good and like you said i just think you know he's pretty much landing spot proof at this point so all right for me at the 108 being though again it's super flex 
I'm going to go with Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. Another guy I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where he ends up or where he lands, so to speak. Uh, some mock drafts, I've seen him going to Carolina, some to Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think both landing spots, They both of those teams have weapons that could help Zach Wilson in his first year. Whether if he goes to Atlanta, he starts his first year, if he sits a year behind Matt Ryan, and that remains to be seen what Matt Ryan's future is. But, you know, Superflex, the 108, give me a quarterback, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I like it. I, uh, I'm i definitely going to struggle after the first quarterback in this class. Um, and, and honestly, I think things will clarify quite a bit once we see true draft capital from these guys. Because um, I will say, I do think there's a drop-off on how solid these guys are. I think, you know, I think, I've seen, you know, talk of potentially up to six guys going in the first round. And while I don't think we're going to see that, the ones that do hit the first round obviously are going to get a little bit more leash. But I'm really of the mind that outside of that, essentially the top prospect in the class, maybe top two prospects in the class, drafting quarterbacks is just so hit or miss. I'll be really curious to see how it turns out from kind of QB three to six. Uh, in fantasy drafts and, and frankly, NFL draft uh, for real life purposes. But uh, I, I am definitely intrigued by Zach Wilson. I just, I get scared off by the hit rates on QBs. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. I totally understand it. My, my view here is if you're picking up the eight spot, you're a top five team, which means you probably made the playoffs. So you probably already have a decent quarterback or two on a super flex league. I think drafting Wilson somewhere between that eight to 12 spot and getting possibly a future prospect, you know, quarterback, uh, or even some trade value there could be, you know, beneficial to you. That, that, that's my yep. reasoning as a super flex. You know what I mean? Not sure your take on that. You know what I mean? Some people, you know, they may be happy with their quarterbacks. Like if you're sitting there at that nine, 10 spot, you were a playoff team and you have a, a Herbert and a Josh Allen, you're fine with that. You don't need a quarterback. You can go right. ham on some wide receivers or running backs at that position. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny you bring that up because I, I feel like rookies are kind of the the one spot that I'm a little bit bearish on quarterbacks. Um, and then once they're actually in the league, and I might be a little bit gun shy. I mean, even marginally, I uh, I get much more bullish on quarterbacks. So I, I'm earlier in their careers uh, in, during the draft, and then go out and trade for a quarterback that I think has two, three, four years left. Like uh, you know, these days, a Matthew. Those are the you know guys that you can go out and get get a couple solid years of production for not have to pay a first round pick for most likely. Um, that's typically my, my go-to move in my dynasty. League. Eight picks in, and this is really where it starts to get really, really close to me. Um, we've kind of had the top, top quarterbacks have come up. Top receivers have gone off. Top running backs are gone. The top tight end is gone. I think here I'm going to go with, Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Um, I really fell in love with him after, honestly, just watching his first game. I believe it was uh, Northwestern his freshman year. Um, And not really knowing who he was, and he just blew up. Uh, I think he hit over 100 yards in his first game as a true freshman. Started to see the the hype pieces about him later that season, uh, being a guy, you know, squatting 600 pounds as a high school senior or a a college freshman. And... uh, He's had a little bit of injury problems over his career, um, but he did come back and play a few games this year. So, you know, he has produced this year again. I'm not really worried about not seeing production because he did it at such a young age. I mean, he, he was a true freshman breakout. Um, so he's going to be my pick here at the 109. 
Yeah, I, I know a lot of that. The the Rondell Moore hates been the injury and hasn't played that much. But I mean, you watch the guy play and what he did to Ohio State. Uh, what was that his freshman year? Um, and then I think landing spot. A lot of landing spots I've seen have hasn't gone to Green Bay. Although with the recent Aaron Rodgers fallout or whatever, who knows what's going to happen with that? But could you see Rondell Moore on a Green Bay team with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that's just lit. Yeah, I uh, I mean, as a Hawkeye fan, I will say like. I wasn't super impressed when they rolled out Alan Lazard as their potential number two this year. I would be scared as an opposing team having to see Rondell Moore as their opposing number two. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's like you said, to me, like there's this bunch of wide receivers we're going to be coming up on. I kind of feel are, are very close and like are in the same tier, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not going wide receiver. I'm actually at the 1.10. I'm going Javante Williams running back of North Carolina. You know, for me, this running back class is, you know, like I said, ATN and Harris are 1A and 1B, and then you got Williams, who to me stands alone at 2, 3, 4, 5, or in a tier of their own where I just don't even know. Um, So for me to grab a running back who I feel like can be a day one starter and possibly a three down back in the NFL, again, landing spot for Javante Williams is going to be key, but at the 1.10, I'm willing to take the shot on yeah, I, I like it. That's uh, he's definitely my RB three in this class. You know, a little bummed he's not there for me on this pick, but uh, you know, <laughs> we 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 take what we can get. So you know, you look at uh, Antonio Gibson's success that he has had this year, and I, I see Kenneth Gainwell as potentially being able to put together that type of season in his rookie year, depending on his landing spot. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go that direction with this pick. Yeah, definitely no hate on that. I'm really excited to see Gainwell, you know, his landing spot and how he performs because I have him in a C2C league, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what happens with his future. Okay, so for me, rounding out the second round, or I'm sorry, the first round at the 1.12, I'm going with Jalen Waddle. The ankle injury scares me. I'm not afraid to admit it, but I still think he is slightly above guys like Bateman and Terrence Marshall. Not by much, but I think he is above them. And I think landing spot, I think, is going to be key for Waddle and his development. I think he's electric. A lot of people argue of the four wide receivers last year in 2019 between Ruggs, Judy, Smith, and Waddle, a lot of people say Waddle was the best of the four. So I kind of want to see that materialize. And if it does, sitting here at this pick, I'm happy as pig. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. You know, call it some Big Ten bias here as I'm stocking up on the Rondale Moores and the Rashad Batemans of the world. You know, I've seen what he can do last year actually was more impressive to me than what he was able to do this year. But he was also working with, um, Tyler Johnson, who is showing to be an NFL caliber player. So, you know, when you make the NFL, you will also be playing with NFL caliber players. So I'm I'm going to put some more stock on that as opposed to seeing him this year in a season with lots of starts and stops to practice time, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their new personnel in limited practice time. Um, I think at one point he had opted out and then opted back in and then opted out again i'm kind of just giving him a pass for this year and and i'm i'm gonna go rashad bateman here in early in the second round yeah i think landing spot will be key for bateman i'm interested to see where he ends up excuse me okay so for me at the 2.02 i'm gonna go with again super flex we're thinking here trey lance 
San Diego State University. Or I'm sorry, San South Dakota State University. Again, landing spot. A lot of mocks have him going to the Washington Redskins. Uh, again, I said the Redskins, the Washington football team. It's been it being super flex. You know, quarterback here. You know, top top part of the second round. I'm pretty happy to grab a you know a quarterback. I I don't like what happened with him this year. He, he had the one game he played, and you know we didn't get to see a lot from him, and it it, it wasn't that great of of a showing for him. So. The sky is the limit with the kid. Uh, he, he's very mobile, strong arm. So, again, super flex. I'm thinking here's a spot to take quarterback. Yeah. I uh, So, I, I take it that means that you've got him as your QB4? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I Like I said, after that uh, first year of QBs, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see where everyone has each of these QBs because uh, I think a lot of people are going to have differing orders here. So, I've actually got him as my... QB four. Yeah. Yep. Looking at the list QB four and actually in a tier with Zach Wilson, who you snagged earlier. So finding Mac Jones here this late to me feels pretty good. Um, I think some of his detractors are going to say, you know, you look at the Alabama players, one, you know, top O line, top receiver. The Heisman was the receiver. Was it uh did Najee win the, the Doke Walker as well? Uh, yes. So, yeah, I mean, like just sweeping the offense awards. And so was he really that good or was he just surrounded by talent? Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the one that was getting the ball out to these guys. I'm going to go with Mac Jones here. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually like the Mac Jones pick. I, I feel like I, I listen to some other analysts, and I think, talk Mac Jones, and they feel almost apologetic about it. I'm, I'm not apologizing for taking Mac Jones, especially as, I mean, you're getting him as the fifth quarterback in this draft. Fifth. Yep. QB, you know what I mean? Landing spot, he can have value. Uh, quite a few mock drafts I've seen have him going like the Patriots, like, you know, an organization like that. And I think that could really help a Mac Jones, you know what I mean? Get him in the right organization with the right coach around him and, and you know, get him some players. I mean, obviously the Patriots need some weapons to, to yeah. give him. But I think in the right organization, he could be a future piece for you. So I'm I'm unapologetic for taking a Mac Jones there for sure. All right, so for me, I'm going to uh, go back to the wide receiver well. And I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. And he kind of he showed that he can be a, an alpha. Um, you know, and, and LSU wasn't a great team this year. Not, they didn't have great quarterback play as well. Yep. And he really showed that he can be a wide receiver one. Landing spot's going to be key for Marshall as well. I mean, comp-wise, a lot of people are comping him to like a, a Des Bryant type where because of his size and everything like that. If you're comping him to a – I mean, that's his ceiling, I'm saying. If you're comping him as a ceiling as a Des Bryant, I'll take that all day. Well, yeah, I mean, second round, especially like that's that's not a steep price to pay. No, not at all. Okay, and so I've actually got one player left here before my tier break. Uh, at the two point oh four, just like I said, you know, a lot of these wide receivers to me are, are, are not even, but they're they're not far off, so to speak. And I just I like what Terrace Marshall did this year. He took advantage of the fact that Jamar Chase wasn't going to play this season. So I am going to scoop up. Michael Carter here, um, actually the the backfield mate of Javante Williams that you picked earlier. They put up similar stats with the exception of touchdowns. Um, so I am kind of banking on the fact that actually going to be more similar players than what the stats kind of show because Javante Williams, I think, had nearly 20 touchdowns um, and made him made himself look like by far the better back. Um, but I think yardage-wise, it was... Very, very close. Um, so I'm going to go with Michael Carter. Yeah, no, I mean, I like Carter. Um, I had him up here in about another pick or two, but um, 
I'm happy to go. I was hoping you didn't go tight end on, again on me. Uh, it being tight end premium, I'm going with Penn State, Pat Fryermuth, tight end. Um, again, he's the two for sure in this uh, upcoming drafts tight end at the tight end position. I think um, these are he's a player from day one. He's a great blocking tight end. He's not as athletic as uh, Kyle Pitts is, but I think you know on the right team. You can see this kid can get some passes and he can do some damage in the uh, red zone. You know, a comp, an early comp to me is, is a TJ Hawkinson. You know what I mean? He's the same player yep. can block. You know, he's he's not athletic, but you know he's going he's going to get you the dirty plays and the dirty touchdowns all season long. So I'm happy to take that fire move. Yeah, and and in the tight end position, especially like you don't always need super athleticism in terms of uh, yards after the catch. I mean. What Jason Witten, Heath Miller. I mean, they they put together year after year of respectable seasons, just running eight to ten yards down the field, turning around, boxing out the defender, and catching the ball. So Fryermuth off the board. Let's see where we're gonna go next. Man, all these players are are kind of bleeding together. I've I've kind of started some of my off season evals. So players have been sliding around a little bit. I, I'm actually gonna go Kadarius Tony, Ooh. wide receiver out of Florida. Okay. He's uh, okay. one of those, yeah, just one of those electric playmakers that uh, is a threat every time he touches the ball. Um, I kind of mentioned it with ETN. Um, I, I like those guys that can get you that 60-yard touchdown that or 80-yard touchdown, and, you know, all it takes is one play. Yeah, for sure. You kind of surprised me with that because I know you were high on another player. But I'm not going to mention who it was. But I'm going <laughs> to go with my wild card here, uh, Elijah Moore, um, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Another guy who's just like Kadarius Tony, you know, can bust that big play for you. Um, he had a really good season that no one's talking about. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think over a three-game span, he averaged uh, 12 catches or 13 catches, something like that, and 100 and I'm not sure. I don't want to be quoted, but I'm going to say it was 118 yards over those three games as well. Just yeah. another guy. He, he could be electric. Um, smaller frame guy. I believe he's only 5'9", but um, – you know, these are the new players coming into the, the wide receivers coming in the NFL that we need to look out for. And, you know, the Rondell Moores, the 5'9", the, you know, the Elijah Moores, 5'9", whatever he is. Um, these smaller players, like, the you know, guys built like the Tyree Kills and stuff like that at the uh, NFL. They're the guys getting it done right now, William. And, you know, if, if I can grab him down here at, uh, what is this, the, this would be the 208? Yeah, the 208. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm happy with that. Okay, so another one off the board. Um, okay, so I am going to hop back to running back, um, and I'm going to go with Trey Sermon here, um, which is interesting because I, I know on one of our previous episodes I actually had him as a faller. Um, just wasn't really producing at the level that I had kind of expected heading into this season. Um, and then we kind of got to postseason football and he decided that he was done with that junk and ran all over Northwestern's defense in the Big Ten championship game uh, had a huge game against the Clemson defense but it, it looked like a shoulder which I would expect he would have plenty of time to heal up this offseason um, I'm just going to go back to the well of running back um, the guys that can produce easily in year one um, you know some of these other positions sometimes it takes a little bit to really start to produce um, but running backs can kind of enter seamlessly into the NFL. Yeah, it was. Um, I think if we can get some of these college players to start listening to our podcast, um, you know, they would be they would encourage you to put 
for you to put them on their followers list because right after that podcast, <laughs> he blew up for 300 yards and a half. So, um, yeah, I like the Tracer. He's moving up my boards as well. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I, I think I have him about where you do. Will he be our running back six in this uh, draft? Uh, yep. So, yeah, that's about where I have him. Um, you know, for me, he's like kind of right there with Chuba Hubbard, who, who fell down as well uh, for me. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really like Sermon. And I think it was a collarbone. I don't think they confirmed it, but I know there that's was what, yeah, that's what it looked like it, when it I was, was possible. It. Yeah, a collarbone injury. Um, that happens often in football, so it's not something that overly worries me. Um, I think Trey Sermon could be a three-down back. I just think landing spot's going to be key. I, I don't see him getting in a starting role. His first season, he may go somewhere and like you know um, get some playing time behind a, a veteran. But I think in, in in a year or two, he could be a player and could be a piece on your team. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at it, and he he's one of those guys that um, you know the in the NFL, you, you just don't tend to get 16 games out of your running back. Um, and if if he's that next guy up, um, I would love to be plugging him in as a spot start in fantasy oh, football anytime his, the starter ahead of him goes down. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if uh, I know, I, know um, I was reading an article or it was a mock draft and they had Sermon going to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, because, you know, the talk of Zeke is done and all that stuff. Did end up leaving early in the first quarter against uh, Alabama in the title game. Um, so I, I don't know that I've actually seen it confirmed what his injury was. And I think that's an interesting landing spot. I mean, if anybody out there listening is a firm believer that Zeke is almost done or is done, and Sermon ends up there, and he gets one year to play behind Zeke, and they, they can shore up that offensive line, and Dak's back healthy. Come 2022, Trey Sermon could be a, a, a nice piece to have on a roster. No doubt. That okay. that Cowboys offense is, I think people are going to be sleeping on it this offseason. Yeah, for sure. Dak, I think a lot of people are forgetting that Dak will be back healthy, hopefully, and you know yep. that, that offense is going to explode. Jarwin, Blake Jarwin will come back. So, yeah, right, and, so and- for me, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. No, nah, sorry. The the underrated uh, news that came out, um, Kellen Moore was uh, potentially going to go back to college uh, and coach the Boise State Broncos and decided uh, he was actually going to stay put as the offensive coordinator. So, um, honestly, I think that's huge for the Dallas offense. I was kind of surprised to see it, but glad to see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know there was talk of him going to the Eagles, too. The Eagles were trying to poach him as their head coach. Uh, that didn't work out, but... Uh, I don't even want to get into the Eagles head coaching hiring, so <laughs> we're not going to talk about that on this podcast. Um, so for me here at the 210, I'm actually going to go with the guy who I thought you were going to take, and that's Amara St. Brown. Um, he's he's right around that you know 8-9 spot for me as far as wide receivers are concerned. Um, again, a guy that I think on the right team, he can make a splash right away. He can play almost anywhere, you know, any wide receiver position. I like him playing out of slot. Um, the kid's got, he's got strong hands. He's strong. His dad was a uh, Mr. Universe or something, bodybuilder. So the kid's been lifting weights probably since he was six years old. So, uh, he's an athlete. I just think, you know, at this value, you're getting him, you know, the two ten in a super flex, a guy who's possibly a top 10 wide receiver. It's great value. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I wish you hadn't taken it because it makes this last pick uh, a little bit um, more difficult, I guess. Um, Man, okay. 
God, I'm down to two. I feel like I'm going to have to flip a coin here. Um, so I, I'm just to give the listeners a, a run through on my thought process here. Uh, and you can see where we obviously did not go through and prep exactly how this was going to go. Um, so I am now deciding between being super flex, trying to take that sixth QB, um, or I am really high on another one of these wide receivers. And as I say that, I, I think I am going to pull the trigger and go with Diami Brown out of North Carolina. Dude put up ridiculous usage numbers at North Carolina. Yeah, uh, he's another guy who, to me, is rising up the boards pretty quickly. Um, I mean, how about that? Two rounds, and uh, we got three North Carolina Tar Heels in the top 23 picks. It's pretty interesting to make note of. But just to pick your brain real quick, who was the who was it out of between Diami uh, Brown and uh, who? Who was the quarterback? Uh, it was Kyle Trask, um, who I actually I just saw a report he is going to miss the Senior Bowl. I'm a little bit worried about what that's going to do to his draft stock. I, I think it would have been really good for him to get a week with NFL coaches, um, playing alongside Michael Carter and Javante Williams as the running backs. Um, and and Diami Brown just was a huge part of that passing offense. So I, I'm going to go that direction and hope that he can turn into kind of an alpha in the NFL and, and really dominate targets the way that he did in college. I believe it was an ankle. Kind of give him one more platform to show off. So I'm a little bit more leery about Kyle at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really close, especially being a super flex. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I kind of figured that's who it was. I just wanted to make sure. So with that, I'll be happy to take here the last pick of our two-round mock draft today, super flex tight end premium. At the 2.12, Chuba Hubbard. Yes, he's fallen. Yes, I'm down on him a little bit. I wish he would have came out last year instead of going back and trying to prove himself. But the kid can be a home run hitter. And I think in the right situation, this kid can he can vie for playing time his first year, depending on where he goes. I mean, if we were to put the, the two rounds side by side at the 12th position, I end up with Waddle, Jalen Waddle, and Chuba Hubbard as my first two picks <laughs> in, the, in the first two rounds. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not mad at that. Um, yeah. You would hope that, at picking at the 12, you probably won your league championship. And, you know, these are luxury picks for you at this point. You probably have a decent receiver and a decent number one running back. So, you know, to take that that shot on a Chuba Hubbard and to get a Jalen model, I think really makes your team a little bit more solidified as well. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I really like it. Um, looking at these last few picks, um, it's really kind of pointing out to me how deep this class is in my mind. Because, I mean, there's a few names down here in back half of the second round that, I mean, I, I think they really have a chance to be difference makers at the next level. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like usually you're, you're typically needing to go into the first round for that. So seeing that in the back half of the second round is really kind of interesting to me. I may be trying to accumulate some more of those picks in some of my leagues now. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the key. I mean, you know, we're, this is just like last year's draft, another deep draft, uh, lots of players. So I think if you can, you know, trade a late one and, and gain an extra pick, you know, maybe two seconds, you know, a, a, a early and a mid or something like that. And by all means do, because this, this draft class is deep and we're doing tight end premium and you got guys like Brevin Jordan who didn't even go in the top yep. 24. You know what I mean? Like, that's just something to think about. Like that's how deep this is because guys don't want to let quarterbacks slide by running backs and receivers. So I think exactly in, in these tight end premium formats, I think this is a perfect, uh, this is set up perfectly to, for you to wait to like the third round and get like a Brevin Jordan, uh, a Kenny Yaboa type player. Um, you know what I mean? And and, and be Absolutely. happy and be content knowing you've 
filled up when and you hammed on wide receivers and running backs possibly. Yep. Yeah. It's it's one of those situations you can kind of sit back and just let that value fall to you. Um, which is really I mean, that that's in my mind the best feeling in a draft is just sitting there watching a guy that you've got ranked higher than where you think he, you know, is actually gonna go and it's like he just keeps falling to you, falling to you. Uh, and then you finally scoop him up. All right, so real quick, uh, well, you want me to recap these real quick because I, I actually typed them up as we were going. Yep, yep, I, I actually did too. So. Um, oh, okay. All right, now you go ahead. You go through. I just, I didn't, I wasn't sure if you were. I figured I would keep track as we were going. Yeah, with, with my mind these days, I figured I had to write it down, or I would try and pick someone that you already took. So no, this, this is your show. You go for it. All right. So we got uh, Trevor Lawrence, the undisputed 1.01. Justin Fields, right behind him at 1.02. Jamar Chase, the first wide receiver off the board at 1.03. Devonta Smith right behind at 1.04. Travis Etienne, the first running back at 1.05. Najee Harris behind him at 1.06. Kyle Pitts, the first tight end off the board, all the way up at 1.07. Zach Wilson at QB3, 1.08. Rondale Moore at 1.09. Javonta Williams at 110. Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis at 111, and Jalen Waddle rounding out the first round at 112. Kicking off the second round, I went with Rashad Bateman. 2.02 was Trey Lance. Then I finally came back to quarterback at 2.03 with Mac Jones. Terrence Marshall at 2.04. Michael Carter went at 2.05. Pat Fryermuth at 2.06. Kadarius Toney at 2.07. Elijah Moore at 2.08. Trey Sermon at running back, 2.09. Amon Ross St. Brown at 2.10. Diami Brown at 2.11. And Chuba Hubbard rounded out that second round. So, I mean, really, like we kind of mentioned, a lot of names to love there. Um, and it really doesn't slow down even in the second round. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to revisit this in a couple of weeks or a couple of months and also do some other mocks, like one quarterback mocks and see how, see what the difference really is. You know what I mean? I think you yep. You listeners will really get a grasp for the value of Superflex at that point. Um, so, yeah, that was great. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, thanks for putting this Absolutely. Together. All right. And until next time, this was Will and Nick with We Know Fantasy signing off on the 